Welcome to Words to Live By, a podcast series hosted by the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute. Each week, we will share some of the wit and wisdom of Ronald Reagan. In essence, Words to Live By, made up of radio addresses and speeches he delivered from the 1960s through the 1980s. Today, the subject is the Middle East. After years of struggling to find peace and end terrorism in that region, Ronald Reagan characterized the challenges by saying it was like walking on a tightrope. From 1982 to 1991, over 30 U.S. and other Western hostages were kidnapped in Lebanon by Hezbollah. Some were killed, some died in captivity, and some were eventually released. Specifically, the year 1983 brought new and complex challenges to President Reagan's doorstep. In Beirut, Lebanon, our U.S. Embassy was destroyed in a suicide car bomb attack on April 18th, 40 years ago, when a one-half-ton pickup truck detonated its load of 2,000 pounds of TNT. 63 died, including 17 Americans. Hezbollah, and the Islamic Jihad claimed responsibility. It was the deadliest attack on a U.S. diplomatic mission to date and changed the way the U.S. Department of State secured its resources and executed its missions overseas. Six months later, on October 23rd in Beirut, Shiite suicide bombers exploded a truck near U.S. military barracks at Beirut Airport, killing 241 Marines. Minutes later, A second bomb killed 58 French paratroopers in their barracks in West Beirut. Then in Kuwait City on December 12th, Shiite truck bombers attacked the U.S. Embassy and other targets, killing five and injuring 80. That's just what was going on in the Middle East, the subject of today's podcast. And we'll focus on the attack 40 years ago in Beirut. So first, let's listen to the president and the message he delivered, a personal radio address to the American people on April 23, 1983. My fellow Americans, in a few hours, I'll undertake one of the saddest journeys of my presidency. I'll be going to Andrews Air Force Base to meet one of our Air Force planes, bringing home 16 Americans who died this week in the terrorist attack on the United States Embassy in Beirut. I undertake this task in great sadness, but also with a tremendous sense of pride in those who sacrificed their lives in our country's efforts to bring peace to the Middle East and spare others the agony of war. Greater love hath no man. The courage and the dedication of these men and women reflect the best tradition of our foreign service, our armed forces, and the other departments and agencies whose personnel serve our nation overseas often in situations of great personal danger. We don't know yet who bears responsibility for this terrible deed. What we do know is that the terrorists who planned and carried out this cynical and cowardly attack have failed in their purpose. They mistakenly believe that if they're cruel enough and violent enough, they will weaken American resolve and deter us from our effort to help build a lasting and secure peace in the Middle East. Well, if they think that, they don't know too much about America. As a free people, we've never allowed intimidation to stop us from doing what we know to be right. The best way for us to show our love and respect for our fellow countrymen who died in Beirut this week 
is to carry on with their task, to press harder than ever with our peacemaking efforts. And that's exactly what we're doing. The blast that destroyed the embassy devastated the structure. The facing wall of the building had been sheared away in the blast, and the front rooms had collapsed in an avalanche of rubble. Oddly, only portions of the topmost floor of the eight-story building held in the explosion, sticking out like, a, like the ledge of a cliff over the side of wreckage below. Let's continue listening to the president. More than ever, we're committed to giving the people of Lebanon the chance they deserve to lead normal lives free from violence and free from the presence of all unwanted foreign forces on their soil. And we remain committed to the Lebanese government's recovery of full sovereignty throughout all its territory. When I spoke after the bombing to Lebanon's President Jamal, he expressed his people's deepest regret and revulsion over this wanton act of terrorism. I, in turn, assured him that the tragic events of this week had only served to strengthen America's steadfastness as a force for peace in his country and the Middle East. To this end, I've asked Secretary of State George Shultz to leave tomorrow night for the Middle East. Secretary Shultz will now add his personal efforts to continue the magnificent work begun by Ambassadors Phil Habib and Morris Draper, bringing about the earliest possible withdrawal of all foreign forces from Lebanon in a way that will promote peace and security in this troubled region. The scenes of senseless tragedy in Beirut this week will remain etched in our memories forever. But along with the tragedy, there were inspiring moments of heroism. We will not forget the pictures of Ambassador Dillon and his staff, Lebanese as well as Americans, many of them swathed in bandages, bravely searching the devastated embassy for their colleagues and for other innocent victims. We will not forget the image of young Marines gently draping our nation's flag over the broken body of one of their fallen comrades. We will not forget their courage and compassion, and we will not forget their willingness to sacrifice even their lives to the service of their country and the cause of peace. Yes, we Americans can be proud of these fine men and women, and we can be even prouder that our country has been playing such a unique and indispensable role in the Middle East, a role no other single nation could play. When the countries of the region want help in bringing peace, we're the ones they've turned to. That's because they trust us, because they know that America is both strong and just, both decent and dedicated. Even in the shadow of this terrible tragedy in Beirut, that is something to remember and draw heart from. It is also something to be true to. I know I speak for all Americans when I reaffirm our unshakable commitment to our country's most precious heritage, serving the cause of peace and freedom in the world. What better monument than that could we build for those who gave their all that others might live in peace? Till next week, thank you and God bless you. After this brief message, we'll learn more about Hezbollah and then hear the president's remarks delivered at a ceremony honoring the victims of the bombing. We'll be right back. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation is the nonprofit organization created by President Reagan himself and specifically charged by him with continuing his legacy and sharing his principles, individual liberty, economic opportunity, global democracy, and national pride. 
We must remain vigilant and work together to share these conservative principles with younger generations. Your role is critical to move our mission forward. Thank you for your continued support. Please visit reaganfoundation.org give. That's reaganfoundation.org give. Now, back to the story. So what about Hezbollah that served as the most successful and most deadly export of the 1979 Iranian Revolution? Hezbollah emerged during the chaos of Lebanon's civil war as Lebanese factions, Palestinians, Israelis, Syrians, and various proxy powers destroyed the country, the ground was fertile for Iran's post-1979 revolutionary leaders to demonstrate that their example could be replicated in the Arab world by exploiting long-standing grievances of Lebanon's Shiite Muslim underclass. In the complicated balance of a multifaceted system adopted in 1943 upon Lebanon's independence, government positions were allocated according to religious sect. These were apportioned by the demographic weight of each group, as reflected in a now widely outdated 1932 census that, given the political implications for Lebanon's shrinking Christian population, has never been updated. Thus, the president of the republic is held by a Marianite Christian. The prime minister comes from the Sunni Muslims. The speaker of parliament must be a Shiite Muslim, and so forth. Originally, government positions and parliamentary seats were divided in a 6 to 5 ratio, favoring Christians over Muslims, and then amended to a 50-50 ratio. Allocations aside, Lebanon's Maronite Sunni elite tended to treat the Shiites with disdain and neglect. There was much unrest among the various Lebanese factions, providing the Iranian mullahs with a perfect stage on which to export their revolutionary drama. They had all the elements necessary. Remember, there was an increasingly disliked Western coalition on the ground, a brutal Israeli occupation, and victimized Palestinians in squalid camps the distracting chaos of an ongoing civil war, and most importantly, an alienated and despised Shiite population desperate for political and economic salvation and security. Hezbollah's initial manifesto called for the establishment of an Iran-style Islamic Republic in Lebanon. They became notorious internationally for its methods of simultaneous suicide attacks and for its hostage-taking. And so history documents their brutality in the 80s. But let's get back to 1983, just five days after the bombing. The president spoke in the morning at Andrews Air Force Base, Maryland. The ceremony followed the return to the United States of the bodies of the Americans who were killed in the bombing. Let's listen to the president. There can be no sadder duty for one who holds the office I hold than to pay tribute to Americans who've given their lives in the service of their country. I extend also the condolences of ourselves and our people through Ambassador Turk to the families of our loyal Lebanese employees who perished in this tragic event along with their American colleagues. You here today, the families of these honored dead, 
I want you to know I speak for all Americans when I say that we share your sorrow and offer you our heartfelt sympathy. We are in your debt and theirs. Your loved ones served their country with talent and energy, courage and commitment. With your sorrow, you must feel at the same time a pride, pride in their dedication. And we, your fellow citizens, share in that also. These gallant Americans understood the danger they faced, and yet they went willingly to Beirut. The dastardly deed, the act of unparalleled cowardice that took their lives was an attack on all of us, on our way of life, and on the values we hold dear. We would indeed fail them if we let that act deter us from carrying on their mission of brotherhood and peace. It is written, blessed be the peacemakers, and they truly were peacemakers. They knew the road they traveled was hard and fraught with peril. They walked that road with cool professionalism and a deep sense of purpose. They knew at first hand how an afflicted mankind looks to us for help with faith in our strength, our sense of justice, and our decency. And that is the America that your loved ones exemplified. Let our monument to their memory be a preservation of that America. Let us here in their presence serve notice to the cowardly, skulking barbarians in the world that they will not have their way. Let us dedicate ourselves to the cause of those loved ones, the cause they served so nobly and for which they sacrificed their lives, the cause of peace on earth and justice for all mankind. We thank God for them. And God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation and Institute, including information on how to become a member, information on upcoming exhibits at the Reagan Library, and more information on the legacy of President Reagan, please visit reaganfoundation.org. And don't forget to like and follow the Reagan Foundation on all social media platforms. Don't forget to subscribe to the Words to Live By podcast in your iTunes or Google Play stores and on other podcast platforms as they become available. New episodes of Words to Live By come out every Tuesday. Like what you hear? Check out our A Reagan Forum podcast featuring great speeches delivered at the Reagan Library. New episodes drop every Thursday. And don't forget to follow at Ronald Reagan on Facebook, at Ronald Reagan 40 on Twitter, and Reagan Foundation on YouTube. Also, search for us on SoundCloud and Stitcher.